We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Howdy there, Tara. And this is the beginning of what will be an historic trial for the state of South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Whole world's looking at us right now. Yep. A um, lot of interesting stuff coming out ahead of this trial. It always does um, when you have a trial like this. Last minute details. Mm-hmm. Um, some interesting evidence that they have. Uh, it looks like the son, Paul, who was killed mm-hmm. at the estate along with his mother, Maggie, sent out a like a, a video to friends mm-hmm. two hours before his dad would call and report the bodies. And he's with his dad and they're laughing and joking around um, together at the property. Yeah. So the defense is making much of this saying, see, look, I mean, they're, they're having a great time. I mean, how can that end in murder? Look, listen to the, you know, congeniality between the family. They're all getting along great. Um, see, so that, that helps us. Whereas the prosecution um, is essentially saying, no, it helps us. It puts him at the scene. His story is, of course, he left. He's got an alibi, so that's going to be interesting. He visited his elderly mom and a caregiver, so we're going to hear from that person, no doubt. Um, they're thinking um, potentially opening arguments today uh, in the case, so we'll see if we've got you know Once anything they on. the jury, yeah, and they're yeah. still working on that. Yeah, they're still seating the jury. Um, reported last night opening arguments could start as early today, but you know they don't know for sure. Here's the interesting part, okay? Um, early, we now, we're now learning this. Earlier that night, Alec, um, which is weirdly, the, he spells his name Alex. Yeah. And if you listen to the coverage, literally half the coverage, they're calling him Alex and the other half Alec. If you yeah. listen to, I'm going with his, what his brother calls him Alec. Yeah. So I'm just going to assume that's correct. Because every time I say it, either way, I get corrected on the text line. So I'm going with Alec because that's what his brother calls him. Yeah. So sue me, take it up with him. Yeah. Okay. So Alec reaches out to Maggie asks her to meet him at the family's 1,700-acre estate. They were estranged. She was staying at the family beach house, okay? They'd hit a rough patch in their marriage. She's staying at the Edisto Island beach house. It's about an hour away from the family's estate. Um, and but she, she, te- she texts a friend saying she doesn't want to see him. She, she's, she, just, she does not want to be alone with him. And she says, listen, I'll meet you at the hospital because he's pressuring her. Hey, come see my elderly dad. He's, you know, not doing well. Uh, you need to come. And she said, OK, I'll come. I'll come meet you, but I will not do it on the property. I will only do it at the hospital. Basically, I want witnesses. And he pressures her. She reluctantly agrees to meet at their property and then to follow Alex to the hospital in her own vehicle. On the way to the house, the wife, Maggie, uh, messages a friend saying something about her husband's behavior is, quote, fishy. 
he's up to something. Shortly after that, she was shot to death 30 feet away from her son, who'd also been killed on the ground near the kennels that housed the dogs that she loved so much. So she, it was very much on the record before her death saying she did not want to be alone with him. She did not want to meet him on the property. She only wanted to talk to him in public. That's going to be interesting for the jury to hear. Yeah. Um, and so, they look, look if, you're, if you're just waking up to this, this is going to be everywhere. What is going on with this? It basically, one paragraph... Three months after the murder, uh, just three months after the murders, Alex was fired from his, Alec, excuse me, was fired from his job at his family's law firm, accused of embezzlement. $8.5 million is what they're saying, Lee, yeah. that he stole from clients, the law firm, like any, any pot of money he could get his hands on. So um, he was fired from his job, accused of embezz- you know, embezzlement, shot in the head, because remember, he was trying to get Buster the $10 million Life insurance policy that didn't work out well for him. Well, he was it did and it didn't. Apparently, the he was merely grazed by the right. bullet. So, yeah, I guess you could look at it that way too, couldn't you? Well, considering that he was in you know in a courtroom yeah. shortly after that, with really you know looking at the video, very little injury that you could detect. Well, whatever the case, he's yeah. now accused of hiring a hitman to help him. The hitman, by the way, is going to testify. Yeah. He is on the the witness list. Yeah. So Buster didn't get the $10 million life insurance policy. So sucks for Buster. Now here's what's interesting. Here's who we're going to hear testimony from. This is The whole nation's going to be watching this. When, when you look at this list, you can see. Among those on the list are Alex's family members, including his surviving son, Buster, his brothers, Randy and John, yeah. who seem to be on his side in these television interviews they're doing. Yeah, yeah the ones I've seen, yeah. Yeah, and they're saying, you know, look, the police need to go after the real killers. It's an OJ type deal. Um, so they, they, I'm guessing that'll be positive testimony. Just no Ford Bronco involved in this one. Yeah, thank God, right? Um, his sister-in-law, Liz Murdoch, members of Maggie's family, including her her sister. So this is going to get wild. And I can't find anywhere any sort of mention of, like, what side Buster's on. You know, like, what team he's pulling for. Is he pulling for team dad or team prosecution? I don't know. I, I you know, I, I do have some sympathy for him because he's, he's going to be the real victim here. Uh, you know, yes, the, the surviving victim here of this whole thing, whether no matter what the outcome is. And he's already paying dearly. Um, he just this week settled the lawsuit for Mallory Beach's family. Mallory Beach um, is the friend, the the friend of the dead brother Paul, who. Yeah. Quite frankly, he killed yeah. um, by under illegal underage drinking. Um, people on the boat are on begging the road, yeah. him to slow down. He won't. He yeah. runs it into the bridge. She falls off. They don't find her body till a week later. Yeah. Yeah. There's the other victim. Yeah. So um, Buster just settled that one. Well, his the estate. Is. The estate. Did. Yeah, Buster had uh, Buster had some personal culpability though. The way they were able to rope him into that settlement. Um, is that Paul, the brother, used his ID to buy the beer, okay. or buy the alcohol. And they, the, the settlement also is with the convenience store that sold it to him uh, because he was underage. So everybody got sued there. Buster had to pay out. So that was this week. Um, the uh, Maggie and her husband were reportedly on very bad terms, um, you know, it's just, uh, 
The whole, the whole thing is going to be very interesting to see how this turns out. And apparently the judge is trying to decide if and when any information regarding the other 99 counts of financial fraud against him are going to be brought up in the murder trial. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if he lets in just five of those. That's a guy, this guy's a busy dude. I don't see how he had time for a family. He was, you know, apparently uh, with, with so much uh, questionable activity. And again... What really unraveled this entire thing was that when his son ran into the yep. bridge drunk, um, the the civil case by Mallory Beach's family that you know suing for money, um, Murdaugh, Alec Murdaugh was forced to disclose all his financial information to the court. Well, I mean, the guy had stolen eight point five million dollars. There it was, and essentially the court is saying, "Hey, go ahead and disclose all your financial crimes. We're going to go through all your stuff with a fine tooth comb to find all the money to pay off the Beach family. They were going to find his crimes." And, then, and th- of course, the whole thing with the the maid or housekeeper that uh, uh, still some questions about her death falling down the stairs there. But then the real question was the um, lack of money that made it the, the insurance payout that was uh, supposed to be going to her family that didn't. At least not a significant portion of it. Yeah. So um, and and the son's not even really realizing that until all of this broke. Yeah. And so they have since sued and they want the money, too. So everybody's suing them. Everybody wants the money. It's going to be a wild trial. Just it's just sad because it's uh, so many bodies and so many dis, you know displaced lives upended due to the alleged activity of uh, this individual and other family members. Apparently, yeah. And I mean, when you look at this, okay, I mean, in, in retrospect, it all seems so screaming obvious. Like Gloria Satterfield, right? She was the maid you were just talking about. Yeah, right. She died in the Murdoch home. Yeah. In the home. He offers to help the family. Well, actually, she was injured. She did not die yeah, in right. the home. She in, she was injured in a fall, taken to a hospital. She died in the hospital after days later. Right, but I mean, I should say, and I'm I'm. This is I got that from NBC Nightly News. It says right in the headline, "Died in the murder home." So if no, they got that wrong, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, but that's what the headline says right here on this that I'm reading. So um, NBCNews.com. Thanks uh, for your help. But anyway, um, the injury was in the murder home. Um, I assume that's correct. So I mean. He helps her get an insurance settlement basically against himself and then steals the money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, just the audacity. Like, who would even think to do that? But he, I mean, this guy. Yeah. Brings new meaning to the term, so sue me. I'll just take the money. Yeah, no, really. Please sue me. You want me to push you down the stairs again? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. No, no, your gas stove will not be enough. They want your pickup truck. Why do they want your gas stove? And look, the Biden administration absolutely intended to take your gas stove. They said it point blank. The committee, as reported by Bloomberg, they backed off of it after people just recoiled. Why do they want your gas stove? A couple of reasons. Main one is to get you used to the idea of them taking your stuff in the name of climate change. So that when they come for your car, this will already be normal. And look, we've already had California, you know, rolling in that direction. Um, they've got uh, bans on selling new non-EV cars that are set to hit in the coming years. And eventually, what they want to do is eliminate them entirely. Um. And they're about to cause a big problem in the supply chain, the national supply chain, over the next year. It's because now they are eliminating anything but EV trucks from being used around their ports. And they're saying, well, it's because it's not fair to support people there and they have to breathe the exhaust. Well, most of the fleet's not EV. What does that mean? Supply chains. You get, We got 40% of our stuff that comes through those ports in this country. They're going to whack this. They, they, are, they are after the supply chains. They're after the grid. That is their new source of obsession, taking it down. Um, so that's what's going on. Now they're starting to soften you up for the idea. Where do, what do they want to start with? Well, your gas stove, that'll have to go. Based on what? Oh, one really faulty scientific survey. It's not a study. It's a survey. It's not peer-reviewed. Saying, oh, well, you know, your gas stove probably causes asthma. Okay, good. Well, let's get rid of it. Let's not look too closely at the, oh, the study's not even peer-reviewed. Huh, it was put together by an advocacy group. It's basically junk science. Yeah, which never stopped the left, right? Details, schmeetels. They'll just censor whatever gets in the way. So now it's Axios and they want your truck. You like your truck? You can't keep your truck. Not with these people around. So here's what we're dealing with here. Their objection is your truck's too big. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a pickup. What's the point of a pickup? To pick stuff up. You want to have more stuff? Are you going to have your truck? I mean, what's the point of having a small pickup truck? I mean, guess gas or something. Sales of huge pickups are sustaining car makers, Axios says. But that will bring in record profits, but that's going to have to stop. I mean, safety for pedestrians, road safety advocates say today's massive trucks are a hazard given the size, weight, driver, blind spot. Yeah, it's going to have to go. Why? And, you know, I, I see the headline here and I'm waiting. I'm, they're going to throw they're going to throw climate change in here. Right there. One, two, three. Yep, there it is. Got to go. Too big. 
They're saying the problem is the Ford F-150 has been the best-selling vehicle in the U.S. for more than 40 years. But during that period, pickups have become bigger, bulkier, and more high-tech. It's just it's too much. You don't need that, they say. In the 1980s, uh, about half of pickup trucks were categorized as small or mid-sized. By the 2010 small pickups, it nearly vanished as Americans increasingly brought, bought into big truck lifestyle. Yeah, you know why? Because we could afford the gas. Especially during Trump, everybody got one of those. They didn't see Biden coming. Probably because they didn't vote for him. Anyway, so they're arguing it's just they got pictures and graphics. It's just too big. Uh, and it's going to need to go. It's got blind spots. Their weight is increased by 32%. So go ahead and... uh load up the gas stove on the oversized pickup and take that sucker to get rid of it. This is where we're going as a country. All right, let's jump on the Common Sense Retirement Planning planning text line 71307. Text rates say, Tara, we are the largest tire dealer in the Southeast, and we have ordered 200 trucks, and we might get 40. <laughs> Button supply chains. Uh, text rates the new trend is everybody identifies as some kind of an outdoorsman, and even these little girls with their makeup on have their big jacked-up trucks and pink decorations. It's really, really, really weird. No, you know what did this? You know, the Wall Street Journal had an article on this. It was Yellowstone. It was Yellowstone. Have you seen Yellowstone? We're watching 1883 right now. I am glued. You know what? Should be required viewing for every American. First three episodes of 1883. You know why? It is a damn good reminder of what built America and the, and the kind of risks. I mean, of everyday death. You wake up every morning, you know if you're going to live or die. And and the people who did. Crash and I did, uh, Greenville County Schools is an excellent, uh, like, Oregon Trail project they make kids do in the fourth grade. It, it is incredibly extensive, way more than anything I did in school. It's a month long. And you, you trace a family. And, I mean, I'm talking, if your family got on that trail in a covered wagon, Guaranteed one of you was dead by the end of it. Guaranteed. They knew this. Possibly all of you were dead. A lot of families said one or two people make it. And they did it anyway. And this is just a great, very historically accurate portrayal of what they faced just to get the land. That's it. That was it. They were going to get the land. They, they, they never even seen. This is what built America. This is the American spirit. This is what runs through your veins. This is what we've forgotten. And people are so moved by it, people in our aimless, silly society, where A&W Root Beer has to put jeans on their mascot, something nice and gender neutral, like the M&M's candies, so as no one will be offended. You might have got your throat slit if your fire ran out by the morning back then. I mean, this, this, is, what, and this, is, real, this is what built America. So everybody's seeing Yellowstone... People are so desperate for something to believe in, something to identify with, something great, something um, absolute. Something's not wishy-washy. And they are hitching, they are, they are hitching onto Yellowstone, the Yellowstone and then the prequel, which is the 1883. Largest release, by the way, since 2015. People like that even better than Yellowstone. And so now everybody's running around in like cowboy boots and hats. Last time I saw my nephew, he was wearing athleisure, you know, then this stuff. 
kids are wearing. Next time I see him, he's got on, you know, cowboy boots and a hat. And they had just gotten like three horses, so I didn't think anything of it. But I was for the horseback riding. And I started looking around, all these kids, all these boys are wearing cowboy boots now. People want something so badly to believe in. People want a decent culture to latch onto. They probably can't even define it that way. A culture that's real and rugged, that's full of risk-taking and reward, where people aren't prejudged by the color of their skin or their gender or whatever they claim their gender is. And uh, these boys are latching onto it. And girls, too. That's what the truck thinks. That's all. But everybody's trying to be Yellowstone. And that's hilarious to me because the family, at least in the modern one, is uh, not really something you want to emulate. But everybody wants their lifestyle. People. They kill me. All right. Speaking of killing people, we'll have the murder murder update. State screw-up version coming up next. I had to tell you, that, look, I love our prosecutors, but... Boy, did they botch this one. I mean, like, just botch this one. And they even admitted it in court. I'll explain. Coming up. Good morning. All right. Here's what's interesting about this Alec Murdoch trial, among other things. Prosecution badly, badly botched the evidence here. There's still not a good explanation of, of, of how that even, how this all even happened. Okay. One of the, like... Prosecution 101 things that you know is the prosecution. If you have crime scene evidence, you got DNA, you got whatever you got. You can't take the shirt or the sample, test it, and then destroy without letting the defense have enough of the material to also test it in their lab. And when you're dealing with something like blood spatter, on a shirt. I mean, now you're getting into subjective. So they've got their expert who's like, no, I don't think that's blood spat. Oh, wait, no, I changed my mind. Yeah, maybe it is. The problem is that when they had it tested, they had it tested in a way uh, that there's none of the shirt left for the defense to do their own testing with their own expert. Shirt, Shirt is gone. It's destroyed. Okay. I covered a case just like that in North Carolina without rage. Guy brutally butchered a woman. The defense did exactly that same thing. Uh, They ordered the DNA sample to be destroyed. Uh, Without letting the defense test it, case tossed. I'm talking about murder. The guy got away with murder because the prosecution did that. That's how serious this is. That is how massive a screw-up this is. And when you got to, when you got to, I mean, when you, if, if Murdoch's team's got a shot here, it's because the prosecution screwed up this bad. But this is South Carolina. Everything gets screwed up here. I swear it does if it's official. So it'll come down to Circuit Court Judge Clifton Newman. The prosecution, uh, the defense rightly wants the evidence tossed. They don't, they want to make sure there's no uh, testimony about the shirt. 
they need the shirt. The shirt is the shirt that Murdoch was wearing. Their expert says, oh, it's blood spatter. He's got Maggie's blood. He's got Paul's blood. It's the best evidence they got that, that the prosecution has, and they screwed it up. They screwed it up. What they needed to do was make sure the shirt was preserved so that uh, the defense could then have their expert. They'll go fight. It's not hard to do with blood spatter patterns. They'll go get another expert. And that expert will say, no, 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 this isn't blood spatter. This is obviously he got this on him. I mean, because the murder scene was a bloodbath, he tried to revive his family members, he said. And that'll be, that'll be it. The guys also got an alibi. So the best shot they had was that shirt. Unless there's evidence I don't know about. There could be. So this isn't just my opinion. Um, the uh, defense team seeking to get the court to refuse to admit evidence that authorities say will show blood from Paul spattered on his, fa- on his father's shirt. The defense contends the shirt was destroyed before they could test it. They said there is... Evidence the ex- the expert examining the shirt changes conclusions under pressure from state agents, which is exactly what happened. And prosecutors, so it's not just me, prosecutors themselves, this is uh, NBC News, um, also said at the December hearing that there could be problems with the blood spatter work. Okay, so this this is a mess. I mean, this is the this is official screw uppery. If this guy gets away with this, this is going to be why. I'm not saying you will. I have no idea what the jury will do. Um, the defense's filings yesterday, some stuff we don't know about, include, listen to, listen to what, what happened to Margaret. Margaret, the, the wife, five different gunshot wounds, including in the back of the head, four to the front of the body. This was... An execution. This person wanted to make sure she did not survive. I mean, this is this is uh, this is nuts. So you're going to have the defense saying, "Look, what quote the murder scene was gruesome. There were large amounts of blood on and around their bodies, which transferred onto Mr. Murdoch's hands, clothing, uh, when he frantic- frantically checked them for signs of life." Well. You're going to have a problem if you can't introduce into evidence the blood-spattered shirt because you screwed it up by not letting the defense test it and make their own arguments. Now you can't use it. It's your best piece of evidence. So where are they so far? Okay, so they're saying opening arguments might happen today. Prosecutors agreed they would not address blood spatter evidence during opening statements, which could happen as early as today, and would determine whether to use such expert testimony during the trial. Yeah, because they don't want to open up the whole thing, the waffling of the expert. Why didn't you let the defense touch it? Why was it destroyed? I mean, this is a mess. You look at the prosecution. I mean, I... Look. Uh, this, this is... I mean, this is... this. Whoever handled this should be fired. So they don't ever do this in a murder case again. So this is going to be, this is going to absolutely be interesting to see. And this is obviously the defense is super excited about the Snapchat video that Paul sent hours before his death, about two hours before. And, uh, and it shows Murdaugh, Alec Murdaugh is at the scene uh, and you can hear him in the back. He's laughing and goofing around with his family and it doesn't sound like a murder. 
Murdoch's stories and he then left, went to see his dad um, and a caregiver who can vouch for him being there. And then he came back and was shocked to find uh, that the family had been murdered. It looks like from the interviews, the two brothers are going to take up for Alec Murdoch. And they have an interview they just did recently where they, you know, they're demanding that the real killer be caught. And, uh, you know, this is a miscarriage of justice and the prosecution's looking in the wrong place and they're inept. And let me tell you what. All of this blood spatter stuff gets introduced. The prosecution is going to look inept. This is going to, if the, if the judge doesn't come out overly for the prosecution, this is going to look like a mess in court. So, and this is why yesterday the prosecution still couldn't quite figure out what they were going to do. And they're saying, look, our best piece of evidence, we're not even going to talk about it in an open statement. So, I mean, because they can't, they can't go down that road. So we'll see what the judge does. The, the problem with the judge, that the judge faces is, look, trial of public opinion, the judge is going to want to side with the prosecution, right? So he doesn't get torn apart on social media. And these are just human motivations. The judge is going to want to side with the prosecution. The judge is naturally going to be sympathetic with the prosecution. The problem the judge has, though, is if they're too sympathetic, this could get overturned on appeal. So massive screw up. I mean, truly massive. It's Murdoch's best case, best chance to get away with this. Look, he is going to prison for life no matter what. Don't, don't kid yourself. I mean, they got 100 other charges up against him in addition to the murders. So he's going to prison. The question is, is he going to prison for murder? <laughs> murder. Freudian slip there. Is he going to prison for murder? Or is the state going to look silly here and have to get him on something else, trying him over and over and over to put him away? That's a big question right now. It's going to be interesting to watch, see what this judge does. The Democrats have a militia. It's called Antifa. And they're trying, that they're back. Notice how conveniently they pop back up after the midterms are over. They always intended to bring them back after the summer of love. They'd gotten really far with intimidating their opponents using their militia. So, isn't it perfect? Right after the midterms, bam, here comes Antifa. And they've resumed their messaging. Here's what they're doing. They're normalizing the idea that if they disagree with you or you're a cop, property damage is okay. But only by them, not by, like, say, January 6th protesters. Property damage is okay. This started with the New York Times during the summer of love. This is uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, one of their correspondents. Destroying property which can be replaced is not violence. Right. So uh, after these riots, um, CNN dispatched David Piesner to repeat this on a loop to their sheep-like followers. No, no, no. Property destruction is what people deserve. They deserve their buildings and their homes and their businesses burnt down, uh, police cars set on fire. It's all fine. But only if the left does it. Now, if the right does it, you know, January 6th, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi's laptop got damaged. I mean, we're talking 15 years in prison. But for them, because they're smarter and better and better looking and need so much more moral, property destruction is a okay. 
and I warned about this. I did the Battleground podcast on this yesterday. I've warned about this. That they were headed in this direction. It got interrupted by them trying to win the 2022 midterms, but they're back. This was repeated on CNN. Take a listen. This is David Peisner. There's a real blurring of the lines in, in, in the use of the word violence. Is property destruction violence? Um, to some people, it certainly is. Um, but, uh, you know, th- this idea that breaking windows or, or, or other acts of property destruction are the same as uh, actual... Yeah, he says actually hurting a human being. So they're normalizing this, normalizing this, normalizing. So we're going to get to a point where we're required to celebrate. That's what comes after normalizing with the left. We are required to celebrate and tolerate their violence. If you do not celebrate and tolerate their violence, they will come and do it to you. They are working their way up to that. And just so predictable, folks. Do you see this, Stacey Abrams? You know, who keeps running for office and saying it was stolen from her in Georgia? Stacey Abrams' advisor, this headline in Fox News, said burning police cars, smashing windows, isn't it's not violence. It doesn't count unless it's a person. This is how they intimidate you. Why are they so invested in this message? These are the same people, the Democrat shock troops and militias, who have attacked, firebombed, and in some cases burned to the ground um, over... In, in over 100 separate incidences, pregnancy crisis centers across the country. This is their MO. This is what they're doing illegally outside Supreme Court justices' homes. This is the way they intimidate. And so what this is, what you're looking at, is just a resumption of their campaign to normalize violence against property by their shock trips. A top advisor for Stacey Abrams' voting rights nonprofit repeated the mantra. They just drone on and on. Property damage, not violence. Property damage, not violence. Property damage, not violence. It's okay. It's acceptable. In fact, it's what you should do if you're mad. Marissa Pyle said, quote, straight from Stacey Abrams' mouth, you cannot commit violence against a window or a car. She means if you're a leftist. Killing a human, now that, that is violence, Pyle wrote on Twitter this weekend, defending the Antifa madness. Shame on Atlanta's leaders, she wrote, who fall into the same tired path of protecting property while our people are murdered by their police. Yeah, she didn't mention usually while those people are trying to kill said police, but that never gets mentioned. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect. 
your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.